Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. he takes chances to overcome obstacles, why he challenges the seemingly impossible. That is one of the most elusive puzzles we know, and barely understood. Today, we shall try to uncover the story of one man who dared death in order to live. Aguinald, have you ever been to Königstein? I have never even visited the place, Captain. That is where you will be imprisoned. It's on a mountainside 750 feet above the Elba River. And the fortress itself is 150 feet high. Are you telling me it is useless to try to escape? And live. I have an army of guards with orders to shoot to kill. My orders, Herr General. I take great pride that Königstein is the ultimate lock for which there is no key. mystery drama, The Runaway General, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by G. Frederick Lewis and stars Norman Rose. I shall return shortly with Act One. I think the time has come for another of my WWHI stories which is initially what I call my what-would-happen-if stories. For instance, supposing the dead could talk to us. I don't mean aunts, nephews, cousins, or closer relatives. I mean the greats of the past. What light they could shed upon what shrouded corners of yesterday, huh? Fascinating. If they only could. Hang on by your fingernails, if you can, because... That's just what someone you'll be meeting shortly actually did. And lived to tell the tale. Let me introduce you to a man who knew him. Charles. All years you and I are closer now than we ever were in France. It's because of circumstances, you might say. We are both dead now. Henri... He died as commander-in-chief of our forces in the last great war. I also speak to you from the grave. I died not long after he did, having a position of some responsibility to the government. Henri was the most wise and foolish, foolhardy and completely brave man I have ever known. For example. I do not know how much longer we can hold out against their motor fire. There is a movement a hundred yards ahead. It cannot be a Frenchman. It must be a German. Fire and keep firing. Paul. Paul, find out who has been hit. Paul, rake them with fire. Paul, is there no one at the machine gun? General, over here, over here. Help me pull this man away from his gun. 
He's badly wounded. Ah, he's dead. I keep the belt stretched. You feed as I fire. I'm swinging around to the right. Now move with me. Move with me. Jam the gun. Is there no other gun? This one will not fire. In the name of the Fuhrer, we demand that you French surrender. If you desire your wounded to be taken care of, raise the white flag. You will have one minute to decide. Monsieur what shall we do? Does anyone have a clean white handkerchief? Not believe my eyes. You had better believe them. You recognize me? Oh, but naturally I recognize you, General Giraud. You have not changed that much. But <laughs> do you recognize me? Let me look more closely. We have met before. Von Meist. Capitaine von Meist. I was only a corporal then. We met in almost identical circumstances, you and I, 25 years ago. I was among those who captured you then. I only... I only pursues me, Herr Commandant. Another war between France and Germany. Always we are at one another's throats. And again, you are my prisoner. What were you doing in that machine gun nest? The commander-in-chief of the French army. Reconnaissance. Well, nothing can be done, General Giraud. Germany cannot be turned back. If you are a betting man, Captain, do not bet on that. The war is not over for me. Escape nowadays is considerably more difficult. Ah, do you know Königstein? Königstein? An old fortress on the river Elbe? No, no, not on the Elbe, General, but on a cliff 750 feet over the Elbe. No, I have never visited the place, Captain. The German people will take great pleasure in introducing its advantage to you. Imagine, a fortress high on a mountainside. The fortress itself, 150 feet in the air. The view is splendid. It is overpowered. You are telling me it is useless to try to escape. And live. Should anyone attempt to leave, the centuries have orders to shoot to kill. My orders, Herr General. I take great pride that Königstein is the ultimate lock for which there is no key. I was on there by the boss of this German captain, where a challenge Henri could not overlook. I knew how stubborn Henri Giraud could be. Having been a student of his at Saint-Cyr, a military academy, there was one precept of his which none of us have ever forgot. A soldier's duty is to fight. If he is captured, it is dishonorable to sit out the war in an enemy camp. George, what? George, put your ear to the radiator and you can hear me. Giro? Yes. We have half an hour before the guard comes around to our rooms again. <coughs> Georges, how are you feeling? <laughs> Between my bad lungs and the shrapnel in my shoulder, I'm not good for much. But tomorrow I shall feel perfect. I shall be happily on my way back to France. Yes, they will take good care of you at Saint-Cloud. 
I know that hospital. You will first go see who I have asked you to before you go to the hospital. I shall go visit your wife right away. Hmm. You have it safe, what I gave you? General, I don't expect that anybody would search me. Do you see anyone between Königstein and Tars unwinding all that bandage I've wrapped in? <laughs> I tell you something about the wounded soldier on a train. He is left severely alone in case he should suddenly decide to die. A soldier dying on a train is very upsetting to the other passengers. Give my wife my love and tell her I hope I shall see her before this war is over. General, I hope long before that. Lieutenant Martin, please, if you will, the first-hand news. Tell me everything you know. How is he? Ah, he is well, Madame Giroux. I have nothing but admiration for your husband. He must escape. France needs Henri Giraud. He is unconquerable. So it took him three tries before he could escape in the First World War. He never gives up. Not Henri. You know, of course, what was in that letter he gave you for me? Uh, no, I don't, madame. It's just as well. No need to endanger any more lives than necessary. Where were you followed here when you came? I didn't think to look back. I don't think so. You are certain? No, but what harm is there in my visiting you? I shall go right straight from here to the army hospital in saint Louis. I'm sure your orders and regulations did not include paying me a visit. Lieutenant Paris is now an occupied city. None of us are that free to come and go. Open the front door! Do you hear that? The front door at the end of the hall. It's the Germans. Will someone let them in? No. Because they know they are Germans who are always searching for victims to take with them. What happens finally? Do they break down the door? No. They have no real authorization. If no one answers, they think no one is here. And they will go away. I shall need someone to help. I cannot do what he asks alone. Ah, then you will permit me to be a fellow conspirator. So that he can run away and not be caught. Or he needs certain things which he is going to ask me for. In this letter, there is a code. Already I know it. You mean he will write you the usual letters permitted, but secrets will be contained in them? Uh, for instance, I'll tell you. He says when he writes, My dear one, that will mean do not do anything for the present. They suspect something. Then he will write, I miss you, my darling. That will mean send me so and so, whatever. And then when he writes, I think of you day and night. That means stop sending me whatever. What are we, whatever's? He will need clothes to go from Königstein to whatever transportation he will get out of where he is. All he has now is his general's uniform. So, if he writes me, I see sparrows from my window, that means shoes. Of course, it's very clear. He writes, I miss you, my darling. I see sparrows from my window. That means, send me a pair of shoes. I smell the flowers and think of you. Means, a shirt, and so on and so on. <laughs> he thinks of everything. Hmm, you don't know my husband. He even sent me a code for, send me two bottles of cognac, which I will share with the gods. But... He is going to need tools, something to make a rope ladder, heavy work gloves. Those are things a man can get more easily than a woman. Open this front door! I command you to open this door! Lieutenant, 
Lieutenant, how did you get away to come here? Oh, when we got to the Gare du Nord, I asked to go to the WC and I, I <laughs> jumped out the window. They wouldn't connect you and me? I think I can be here on Sunday. I will let you know. Sunday is a good day. They have the whole front of the first floor to search before they reach my door. What are what? you going to do? First of all, I am tearing all these letters. I have already memorized everything in it. Then, I am opening this back window and throwing the pieces to the wind. Madame Giro, open this door, if you please. Lie down, Lieutenant. Put this handkerchief over your forehead. Close your eyes. Do as I say. I'm trying to keep from coughing. No, don't. Cough. Madame Giro, open this door. Certainly. Come in, come in. This poor sick soldier has been repatriated to go to the hospital in St. Cloud. But he became lost when I opened my door where he was, in a dead faint. So I brought him in here and opened the window to revive him. I was just about to call the authorities. Do you have a stretcher with you? He's expected at St. Cloud. He's deeply wounded. And that bandage about his shoulder has come undone. You two are soldiers. I am sure you respect this brave man, even though he is your enemy. Those were the days when everyone had to use every possible means to survive. Henri Giraud's wife had to be every bit as cunning and resourceful as she could be, not only to protect herself, but to become a backstop of aid to General Giraud so that he could escape to return to his own troops. I shall be back shortly with Act Two. investigating the account of the only man to escape from two prison camps in two wars. He was not a magician or a lunatic, although to be so successful, one would have to be a little bit of both. The escape artist was Henri Giraud, the commander-in-chief of the French army. His exploits are being detailed by his former student. Charles, please. was an average student. Giraud was a brilliant teacher at Saint-Cyr, a military tactician of the first rank. And yet he dared danger and death like no man I have ever known before. In the fortress of Königstein, he remained planning his liberation. At the other end of the lifeline in Paris, his wife and the wounded Georges Martin worked and waited. Lieutenant, I think to meet him in church during the nine o'clock mass is a very good idea. We kneel and bow our heads and not look at one another. That way we can exchange news and anyone who happens to look this way will think we're praying. You have had another letter from the general? I've had two since last I saw you. And there are two things I must ask you about. Are there rats up on that tower where my husband is kept? That's what Henri writes. Here, let me show you. He writes, I must be careful with the food. As there are rats which nibble at everything, 
Especially one large rat who looks at me always with one eye. And so he explains I should send all the biscuits in the future in small tin boxes. Rats. I have an idea what he means. There are no cells. We were not even locked up at night. And there are no rats, not one. Then why would he have written this? To tell us he is being watched. The rat with one eye that keeps looking at your husband is from Meist, the captain in charge of Königstein. We call him the rat. He looks like a rat. And the one eye is his monocle. It is the way he squints at you. All right. But the small tin boxes. What do you make of that? When your husband makes a break for it, he would have to carry enough provisions to last him who knows how long. And the only way to keep and carry it is in small tin boxes. Uh, you said there was something else. There is. But it's not going to be as easy to send him as a small tin box. What is it? Copper wire. 175 feet of it? Won't you? How did you know? If it is copper wire he asked you for, alone it would not be strong enough to support his weight for 150 feet. He would have to wind or weave it around something else. Threads or, or cords. You said 175 feet? From the top of the tower is 150 feet. He is allowing an extra 25 feet to wind it stronger. Henri is almost 62 years old. At his age to climb down all that distance without being seen, without being shot at. The Lord protect him. George, did you bring the wire? Of course I got it. Took me a week to find it, and here it is. To make doubly sure, I brought 200 feet of wire to St. Henri. Look. Oh, that's so thin. Uh, but it is very strong. Mm, mm, that smells good. <laughs> what are you cooking? I am. And the trouble I had to go to get it. It must be about done. Come along, into the kitchen. Now comes the difficult part. Hmm. <laughs> What a heavenly smell. Doesn't it look beautiful? There. On to the table to cool off. Now, the problem is, George, how do we put your 200 feet of copper wire inside the ham so no one will see it? There is only one way. Remove, Remove the, the bone. bone. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. I'll take out the bone. And you start to wind your wire to the shape of the bone, and we'll place it into the hole where the ham bone was. Uh, who else but you would have known a ham is so heavy by itself that whatever is placed inside it would go unnoticed. When it is cool, you hold it, and I will cut out the bone. I hope the Germans will respect the integrity of a food package to a prisoner and not cut off some slices before it reaches my husband. <laughs> was at this point that I personally became involved with the escape from Königstein. Giro had been imprisoned a year, had tried three times to run away, and three times had been retaken before he could get out of Germany. I'd been at the front, returning to Paris for a week's leave, when Madame Giro came to see me. Charles, I am not giving up hope. 
But the reason Henri has not been able to escape Madame, is simple... Madame, the days of World War One are 25 years behind us. Henri was younger then. What is he now? 62, 63? I beg you, when you write to him, tell him don't try any foolishness. Some trigger-happy German guard will shoot him. And that will be a great tragedy for France. I was going to say, all he needs are accurate, up-to-date maps of Germany, especially Saxony, and the latest timetables of the local trains. You haven't heard one word I've said. He's been caught and brought back because I couldn't get him the maps and the timetables. He had no trouble getting out of Königstein. The guards take the prisoners for walks along the Elbe and in the fields once a week. It was nothing for him to disappear. But even with the compass I'd sent him in a bar of soap, he couldn't find the roads back. And he was captured. All right, all right, all right. I'll get you the maps you need. How are you going to send them to him, huh? In a cake? I'll find a way. I am confident. Do you know, Charles, I sent him a Tichorian hat last month. He just got it. No one found out. Fantastic. Uh, a hat in a ham with a feather. When can I have the timetables and the maps? Uh, by Sunday. Is Sunday all right? The church across the way from Dumego. Nine o'clock, Mass. Madame, even the churches are watched. Place what you have in your prayer book. We will leave the church after Mass at the same time, but no recognition. If there is no one watching, I shall go to the cafe and take a seat in the back room. I shall have a gentleman at my table. Sit with us. Uh, madame? <coughs> uh, monsieur, may I join you? Charles, this is Georges. Oh, how do you do? Yes, <laughs> You were in church this morning, madame. As always. Yes, well, I sat in back of you. Uh, you left your prayer book behind you. Oh, thank you. That was careless of me. The waiter is watching us very closely. I think if we desire to exchange a few words privately, we had better order something so he will go away to fetch it. You're right. He won't get any tips standing around and not serving people. I uh, will have a coffee. Madame, what will you have? I'll uh, have some wine. Uh, why don't we all? Georges? <laughs> Anything. A uh, waiter. Waiter, a bottle of red and uh, three glasses, please. Huh? <laughs> now, you see, he's gone. Charles, the maps and the timetables are inside this prayer book. As you asked. Georges, take it to Henri. Georges has escaped from the hospital at St. Cloud. He is going back to Königstein to help Henri get out. Look out! There's trouble! Goodbye, friends. All! All! I shoot! Georges got away from the cafe, holding on to a prayer book under his arm. At one point, a shot. I saw Georges stagger a bit, then run on and turn a corner. Why he was suspected and of what, I don't know. A man who willingly returns to Germany to help a friend deserves every known medal of honor. I prayed he would reach Henri Giraud safely. Psst. General. Oh, oh Georges. What are you doing springing out at me from behind a tree? What are you doing in Königstein? I came to help. I was going crazy at the hospital. You were safely out of Königstein and you came back. It is nothing I had to. It has been over a year. 
Are your wounds healed? Almost. My lungs are better. A guard will be along shortly. They let us wander this field for an hour, then they come and round us up and count noses. Temptation to escape once a week. We must talk. You are in the same place in the tower. The same. I can find my way in. It's sold all week to me. Tomorrow night, the chimney sweeps from the village start their annual cleaning of the chimneys and fireplaces. I, I remember. They are here for three days. Put soot on your hands and face and at eight o'clock stand with them at the gate. If you talk to no one, they will think you are one of them. Now, once inside... I know the way. Here, Henri. I this under your shirt. Ah, inside this prayer book, something for me, yes? Keep it well hidden. There's a bullet hole in it. And a bullet. <laughs> that book saved my life. I pray it saves yours. Tomorrow night, then. George, we have two weeks and two days. The moon will be new and at its smallest. Ah, two weeks. How shall I spend them? I need a complete change of clothes. I have that already. Already? How? Oh, he... I am wearing your clothes underneath mine. In a package I have hidden in the woods are your shoes and shirt and socks. Your wife gave them to me for you. <laughs> Formidable. Well, sir, I have a wallet filled with German marks. Two weeks, two days, we will meet at Schondau. That's the 13th. Hmm. At two o'clock in the afternoon on the bridge. In broad daylight? No one will recognize me. You will put my French clothes into a suitcase which you will carry... We will walk slowly together to the station and take the first train out in any direction. On board, you will put the suitcase in the lavatory. I will go in and change. And what would you wear when I meet you on the bridge? My raincoat looks civilian and my Tyrolean hat. Ah, yes, that hat. I shall keep it on always. In the past 14 months, I have learned a possible German. I shall be a traveling Swiss salesman. I have to keep moving until they believe I have crossed the border somewhere. The only way to hide my six foot three is to sit down on a train. So that is what I shall do. One train this way, another that way. Until I can finally escape through the border to Switzerland. It will be a long journey. You will have food? As much chocolate and biscuits as one could eat in a lifetime. You know, I had better go now and join my fellow chimney sweeps. On the 13th, I will see you on the bridge at Shandown. Or you may find me somewhat changed. I'm going to shave off my mustache. A bientôt, mon général. Au revoir. Henri, the 13th, uh, it is not a Friday by any chance. When last I saw Georges, I didn't know whether... He had escaped the Nazis or not. I decided my family could wait. I got duplicate maps and timetables, commandeered a car, and was in Chandeau in 16 hours. I searched the town for Lieutenant Georges Martin and found him. We made our plans. He would be the outside man and I the inside man. We proposed it to Giraud and he agreed. Konigstein was not hard to enter at night. Just wait and scoot past the sanctuary. Getting out might be a problem. The night of the new moon, Henri and I went over the escape plan for the last time. 
Now we look over the edge of the parapet. Once the sentry has passed below us, we have ten minutes before the next one. Behind this pile of wood is my rope. Tie it around me now, and when I say so, let me down. When I am near the bottom, I will pull the rope uh, as a signal. Hold it out from you so I kick out and clear the moat. All right. It is time. There goes the sentry. No more rehearsals. Now, we do it. Nothing ventured, nothing gained, goes the old saying. But a soldier in his 60s, dangling in midair with sentries below, ordered to shoot on sight, is not a relaxed midnight entertainment. Hang on, I would say to Henri Giraud. I say it to you also, until I return shortly with Act Three. you may know, is an unexcelled means of communicating across miles, even light years. But the drama of radio, as you listeners to the Mystery Theater can attest, that drama knows no bounds of space or of time. Which is why we can ask the distinguished deceased, in this case a gentleman called Charles, to divulge a story known to very few. Here again, then, is Charles. the night of Henri Giraud's departure. I was fastening that famous rope of his about his waist. That is tight enough, Charles. It is the strangest looking rope I ever saw. I hope it holds. I started with the copper wire my wife smuggled into me, and then every time we would be taken for an airing, Robert, the one who is standing guard, and Jacques, he's at the bottom of the stairs as lookout, we would pick some long lengths of hemp it took months, but I wove all that together with the wire, and this is it. And around your waist, what's that rolled up? My old raincoat. It looks civilian enough. And inside that, you will never guess. Oh, no, no, I won't try. A Tyrolean hat with a feather. I look more Swiss than a walking cuckoo clock. <laughs> My wife sent it also in a ham. I think, yes, our friend the sentry is passing... Over the parapet I go. Now, let me down easy. Uh -huh. Au revoir, mon ami. All set, Sean. All set. Lower away. I'm letting out the rope slowly. Bon voyage. It wasn't easy. Loosening the handmade cable with all its knots and imperfections a foot at a time. Knowing I had but nine minutes left to get him down and away and haul it back up without being seen. He was still within earshot when I felt a tug on the line. What is it? I am struck. The rope is caught. Can you kick yourself free? One more try. If I can only... Uh, no, no, I'm afraid if I do, the rope might not hold together. I'm going to pull you back up. Stay with it. Hang on. Uh, uh, there you are. Uh, thank thank you. Just in time. There goes the next sanctuary. I am climbing over the parapet. Uh, that, that was a close one. Yes, the rope would go up, but it wouldn't go down. 
You're not going to try again tonight, are you? Of course I am. As soon as the next sentry passes. But why? You do not understand, Charles. Georges is in Shango with all my clothing. Enough German marks to keep me undercover for weeks, months if I have to. What happens to him if I do not turn up at the bridge at two tomorrow? Georges can take care of himself. As I can. We are not important. Your safety is... You are the only leader the French trust. You are the only one to rally all of us so that this shame of being occupied by the Germans can be forgotten and we can fight again. Exactly why I must escape from Königstein tonight. What can I do for France from prison? After the next century passes, let me down. The odds, slim as they were, were overcome. Henri made it straight down the cliff 750 feet into the forest. He hid there until it was dawn. And sometime later, wearing his raincoat and his Tyrolean hat, he walked into town and stood on the bridge over the river, munching a chocolate biscuit. Follow me. I know the way to the station. Happy to... Amazing. You almost did not recognize me, did you, Georges? Your upper lip looks a little naked. Mm -hmm. That is a very nice suitcase you are carrying. I put your own clothes in it. Suit, shirt, tie, shoes, everything. Mm, the timetable. And the maps and the money. Good. Oh, here comes our train. Now, after you leave that suitcase for me in the train laboratory and I change and come out, I want you to get off at the next station and come back here to Chandon. Why? I want to get back to France, too. And so does Charles. He helped me last night, as you know. Then after I got down, he had one of the boys lower him as well. He will be waiting exactly where you found me, on the bridge at 2 o'clock tomorrow. It will be easier if the two of you travel together. One can keep watch for the other. They won't be on the lookout for him? No more than for you. Nobody knows either of you was even in Kornstein. That is ours. It will be in the station for exactly three minutes. Shall we run for it? No. No, just walk fast enough to get to the ticket office. You buy two for the furthest point the train goes to. I will be right beside you, bent over, tying my shoelace. <laughs> Yes, uh, please, uh, please. Uh, Peter Hellostick, uh, sit in my best chair. Yes, a cigar. I don't smoke, Captain. Well, then, uh, a drink, uh, please. A whiskey, cognac. No. Uh, you have come all the way to Königstein from Berlin. Well, uh, surely there is something I can give you, yes? An explanation. Ah, yes. Oh, yes, an explanation. The SS would like an explanation. Oh, yes, of course. First. How did General Henri Jurot, probably the most important war prisoner of the Reich, how did he escape from your prison? Second, who assisted him? Third, where are the party or parties who assisted him? Fourth, why is it that after I have questioned everyone of your staff, no one knows anything, especially not Captain von Meitz? which I believe is your name. Uh, Hellostick, believe me, it is a, a very complicated situation and I am endeavoring, as I have been for over a week, to know what happened. Yet I have discovered very little. 
Have you discovered also that I have today replaced your sentries with men from the SS? They are all on their way to Berlin for court-martial and execution. Dereliction to duty, that is the punishment for traitors. And why you, Captain, will also no longer be here. Uh, where am I going? To Berlin. You will be questioned a little more thoroughly there. But, Herr Lustig, I, I have told you everything. The SS has many questions. They have questions I couldn't even begin to dream of. They will be interested in a rope made of wire and hemp from your fields, where you allow your prisoners to go. No discipline, Captain von Meist. Giro is very good at disguises, and I have never met the man. All we know is he is six feet tall. Is that positive identification? There could be thousands of men six feet tall. Uh, he has a very big mustache. Ah, thank you. I will remember that the next six foot tall, clean-shaven man I meet. What Henri Giraud had to do until his pursuers ran out of steam was to hide his height by sitting down. And the only place that was possible without attracting attention was on a train. So he traveled from one border to another, one train to another, always trying to cross into another country, always on the alert. He sat up, rarely slept, ate what he brought with him, and as much as he could, kept to himself. Do you mind if I sit here? Uh, oh, not at all. The compartment is empty. Uh, two men just got off at Bursay. It is uh, stuffy in here, is it not? Do you mind if I open the window? I wish you would. I have tried. It refuses to budge. Uh, when you do as much traveling as I do, you have to put up with a great deal. Oh, you, you travel a lot, you said? Oh, yes. I am a salesman for Beaufort and Company, a Swiss firm. Commerce must go on, war or no war. And uh, what do you sell? Uh, cuckoo clocks, thermometers. Uh, would you care to see some samples? Uh, uh, no, thank you. Of course you would not. I am sometimes ashamed to say what I do. But I have done my share. Africa Corps. You were in Africa, really? Oh, I will show you my medals. There you are. I was an Oberleutnant under Rommel. He was my hero. Ah, 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 mine too. I would still be with him, but uh, I was wounded and they sent me home. Swiss volunteers were the first to be let go. Uh, are we stopping? Up ahead. We are taking on some Gestapo agents to search the train. I have been doing that for a month. Now I've had enough. I am going back to Berlin. There have been lots of delays on the trains lately, I notice. And uh, not due to bombing, either. Ah, it is that French general, Giraud. Your who? Giraud. We captured him in the last war, and he escaped. This war, the same thing. From Königstein. Four weeks ago, he disappeared. Oh, Giraud. It's funny, I've never heard of him. But when you are fighting with the Africa Corps, what the French do is not very important. When were you demobilized? Uh, last April, after Tobruk. Oh, I could hardly move. My leg is not quite right yet. You were with Rommel at the catch after Your papers, sir. 
We got ourselves from the British enough supplies for 30,000 men to last three months. Your papers, please, Machnell. You, with the feather in your hat. Who are you speaking to? This is a former overlieutenant of the Africa Corps. We are discussing military matters about which you would not have the slightest interest or experience. Schuldig, I beg your pardon, gentlemen. Apologize to my friend here as well. I apologize. This man is a war hero, and you are rude and insufferable. And just so that you know how easily I have let you off, here is my identification. Lustig, SS. Now go, before I report you. I apologize. Because a man is in civilian clothing, the Gestapo thinks he's a nobody. Uh, tell me, did you ever speak with the field marshal personally? With Rommel himself? Oh, yes, that was a very interesting occasion, and I do not mind telling you about it at all. Oh, by the way, when are we to cross the border? <laughs> we already have. My dear friend, we are already in your country, Switzerland. The escape of Henri Giraud, as we have dramatized it, and as told by a character named Charles, was none other than Charles de Gaulle. He studied military strategy with Giraud and knew him well. Sometimes they were great friends, sometimes not. The great may not always agree, but they are always great, and France the better for it, that they lived. I shall return shortly. about unraveling a true story that has always appealed to me. I don't like the fact that the mysterious force that makes a man outreach himself disappears into history. Fame, they say, is what you do today. What you did yesterday is only good to wrap fish in. Not if I can help it. Our cast included Norman Rose, Tootie Wiggins, Earl Hammond, and Ian Martin. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.